0: Now it's time to cut through the clutter and noise with one of the South's most recognized voices. Just saying. This is Just Saying with Jason Scarborough. Jason, what's up, brother? You may not always agree with him, but he's just saying. Now let's get to it with the man, the myth, the legend. Well, most days. Here's Jason Scarborough.
1: well here we go goodness it's been a while since we've talked to you guys here on just saying hope you're doing well wherever you're listening we appreciate you tuning in to just saying with yours truly jason scarborough ah it feels good to be back in this chair how long has it been i'm kind of scared to even admit how long it's been since we've done a podcast but been kind of busy the last few months last year or so hope you guys are well you look good yeah you you look good oh how can you see me jason i'm just assuming yeah you listening in the car going down the road yep you mowing the grass checking us out you on the treadmill listening to us yeah you listening to us in the office Yeah. You look good. Missed you. (laughs) Missed all of you. Hope you're doing well. Let's get off and running here, shall we? Oh goodness. So what have we been up to and why have we been away for so long? Well, mostly good stuff. You know, life happens as well. You know, that's the thing that I think people forget about folks in the media. We're, We're still, we're human, right? And what I mean by that is is we have stuff going on, personal stuff, health, life, just stuff going on. And the last year has had a little bit of everything for, for me personally uh, and professionally. Professionally, we've just been so busy with our TV show Audibles with Jason Scarborough. Now up to seven TV stations here in Mississippi. And I say here in Mississippi because we do have regional listeners we've got folks in louisiana alabama tennessee georgia you name it you know as far as ohio so sometimes i have to remind folks that i'm here in mississippi i think the the accent sometimes maybe uh, gives it away do i have an accent i don't think i have an accent but anyway so we've been busy with the tv show we just finished up season three of audibles i encourage you to check out the show if you haven't that's okay you've got time to do it if you have a roku device you can download the audibles app for free it's absolutely free just go in the search bar and type in audibles and it ought to pop up if you're a youtube person you got the youtube app on your tv your tablet wherever just search for spirit media network then go to playlist. And you'll see the playlist for Seasons 1 and 2 are under one playlist. And then Season 3, what we just did, is under another playlist. And we're already working on Season (laughs) 4. So Season 3 just wrapped up. Season 4 will happen later this calendar year. So uh, you can go watch it there on YouTube. And uh, we encourage you to do that. A lot of great guests. We've gotten how many shows now? 25 shows we've put on TV. And every show has been in multiple TV markets, not just one TV market, multiple markets. So every single show that's been on TV since we launched on television almost a year ago, September 19th of last year, we've been on multiple TV stations every single show, 25 episodes. So may not sound like a lot of episodes, but it, it is... There's a lot that goes into just getting one TV show on TV, and so for us to have 25 original episodes on TV, that doesn't count reruns. Those are just original shows. If you counted reruns, the tally would be higher, probably around, I don't know, maybe closer to 50, but original shows, 25 original episodes at this point through three seasons, and we're already working on season four, so... Really proud uh, of the show, really proud of all the folks that, that make that happen. There's so many things that go into making – you see me sitting down on camera, sitting down with somebody like Keith Carter at Ole Miss or uh, Mike Leach at Mississippi State or Jeremy McClain down at Southern Miss or Dr. Kim Sessoms or whoever, but there's so much more that goes into it behind the scenes, after the show. There's just a lot of stuff that goes into it and it's very very time consuming but it's awesome. We so enjoy it. Uh, I hate that the podcast has taken kind of a back seat. <laughs> so if you're listening and you've got to subscribed and you know, you kind of gave up on us, don't give up on us. Come back. Come back to the water. It's it's okay. So we're back and I appreciate the patience that a lot of you have shown. Uh, that listen to the podcast that tune in. So thank you for your patience, and we appreciate it. So uh, yeah, Audibles, rolling. We've got a packed show for you today here on Just Saying. It will be college football heavy. I know that I've said that many times before because it it's true. I mean, you're in the middle of or at the start of college football season, and so you do have to you have to touch on that. So we are college football heavy today. But you will. I feel like you'll appreciate the guests that we have. Uh, personally, it's been a, a taxing, kind of a rough year. We've had some family losses uh, in our family that have been very difficult uh, to process and very difficult to get through. But thankfully, we have a we have a great a great family, a great nucleus. Uh, are we perfect? No, of course not. But uh, a great nucleus of folks. Uh, within our our family, and we lean heavily on our faith. If you've listened to this podcast at all, or kept up with anything that we do with Audibles, or, or really any coverage, I think that I'm pretty forward and pretty outspoken about, you know, about my faith. I'm also outspoken about how flawed I am too. I, I think I am. I, I don't ever want to be preachy. I don't ever want to come across as I'm using faith as a as a crutch or using it in the wrong way. I mean, it. It. I really am a sinner saved by grace. I mean, it is simply God's grace that allows us to do what we're doing. The doors to open that have opened. That's it. It's not that I've got this deep Rolodex. It's not that I've got no. God's opening the doors uh, for us here at our small media company and and our show Audibles and so many other things and so. Again, personally, the last year it's it's been it's been difficult. I lost my number one fan, and that was tough. That was very very tough. My number one fan was my my grandmother. She went by Momo. That's kind of what we call our grandmothers uh, here in the South. Uh, you've got your grandma, and then you've got your Momo, and that's how she was known. She was my number one fan, and my parents will tell you that that she was my number one fan, and they're okay with that because they understand it and acknowledge it and embrace it. And we lost her in November and it was, it was very difficult. And again, when I say she's my number one fan, you know, I've done a lot of different things in my career. I started out in print for a county newspaper, the ranking County news, shout out to, to Marcus Bowers there at the ranking County news and worked my way up in radio and eventually dabbled in TV, and of course, you know now we're doing TV pretty much full time. Uh, but Momo always asked when I was doing high school athletics on the radio back in the day from Brandon High School, doing the play-by-play. She would want to know what time I was going to be on the radio. Uh, she'd want to know what time I was going to be on TV when I've done different TV spots for different um, or TV segments for different TV stations. She want to know what time. Matter of fact. One of the last things that I can remember uh, that she did, she found an old business card that I had when I started out at the Rankin County News, and her and her late husband, Paul, they kept this business card. It was a business card that I had from the Rankin County News, and they'd kept it. I mean, it was in mint condition. And you're talking about, good gosh, over 20 years ago, easily. i dating myself, but that's okay. But it was easily 20 years ago. And so they kept this business card. And so her and, and Paul, they they supported me no matter what. So I'm dedicating this podcast to, to her. Again, my number one fan. She'll always be my number one fan. And it's kind of crazy. It's every time I, I'll i sit down for an interview now or sit in front of this microphone to talk to you guys here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I know I haven't talked to you guys since she passed away. But every time I do something anything related to to what we do here at the Spirit Media Network, I do. I think of her, and so I'm dedicating this podcast to her and her memory. My number one fan, she always will be. I miss her. I wish she was here, but I I appreciate the support she always showed me. you got to have somebody in your corner. It's important. You've got to have somebody in your corner, and I've been very fortunate. I've got incredible parents, but... Momo was my number one fan, and she'll always be my number one fan. So this podcast, it's, it's dedicated to her. So it's been a, a rough year, and uh, but thankfully, uh, again, great support group. Uh, we've got a lot of great folks in our family, a lot of great friends. You know, we, we lean heavily on our faith in Jesus. That's what gets us through. So uh, just wanted to get that out there. It's been a rewarding Last 12 months or so, but it's also been a very difficult 12 months. So, uh, thank you guys for your patience. Thank you for supporting us, listening to our podcast, watching our show, watching uh, the things that we put on YouTube, the the press conferences of, of Coach Leach and Coach Kiffin and the coaches across the SEC. We appreciate that. And so, thank you for your support of this podcast and what we do here. So, again... Dedicating this show to Momo, so this is for her. So, big guest list coming up. Uh, good gosh. I mean, again, I'm really excited about this guest list. ESPN.com, senior writer, co-host of Marty and McGee, regular contributor to ESPN and the SEC Network. You know him as the McGee of Marty and McGee. He's Ryan McGee. He's going to join us in the show uh, we're going to recap, I actually met him at the College World Series uh, back in uh, June. We were up there covering the College World Series there for a couple of weeks, covering the SEC teams, and of course, being from Mississippi, covering the the magical run for the Ole Miss Rebels to win the national championship. So, got to meet Ryan, just really nice guy, really down to earth, and uh, he was kind to give us some time, so we're going to be joined by him later in the show. Uh, we will talk some college football. Uh, you'll want to hear that. You'll also want to hear his take on the week that Brian Kelly's had at LSU. Uh, interesting. Um, he's also got a take on the reporter that uh, kind of went back and forth with with Brian Kelly, if you haven't seen the clip yet. So you want to hear that. We'll talk about this week in Slate of College Football. We also, we're going to be joined here in just a few minutes by the sports editor of the Pine Belt Sports Crew. He's Andrew Abadie. And he's going to recap kind of a wild weekend in Hattiesburg, to be honest with you. A four-overtime loss by Southern Miss. And then you've got Coach Will Hall after the game, kind of making some comments about the crowd and the size of the crowd. And Andrew's video is the one that has kind of been circulating around Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. And uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It And draw your own conclusions, obviously. But it, it was some interesting comments. Uh Fair, unfair, Uh, there's a lot of opinions on that, and it doesn't get easier for Southern Miss. They got to go to number 15 Miami Saturday, (laughs) 11 o'clock kick, so a rough week for Southern Miss. Hopefully, they can have a good showing this weekend. Andrew will give us the keys to that. We're going to talk to the Director of Public Affairs for the Mississippi Department of Transportation, Jason Smith. Uh, There is... A situation that for Ole Miss and Jackson State fans traveling to the games this coming weekend, you're going to want to hear what Jason has to tell us. There's some things going on on the Mississippi highways this weekend up in the north part of the state. So if you're Jackson State fans traveling to Memphis for the game, you need to hear this. If you're Ole Miss fans traveling to the game Saturday, you need to hear this. So you'll want to hear that coming up later in the show. And Jared Redding. Covering Ole Miss, speaking about Ole Miss, covers Ole Miss for 247 Sports. He's going to give us his analysis on last week's game against Troy. Uh, There's, depending on who you talk to, there's a lot of back and forth about that. And uh, he'll give us his insight into the quarterback battle there in Oxford and what to expect Saturday night in Oxford. So a really packed show. It is college football heavy. So hang with us. Really good stuff. You better get it. Uh, Ahead of Saturday, if you're a college football fan, a lot of really, really good info, a lot of good stuff. Don't forget, you can get this show on Spotify, Apple iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music. I'm not going to play the drums for you. We're in the podcast section of Amazon Music. And, of course, our website, spiritmedianet.com. And just click on Just Saying. You can find us there. So, a packed show. Again, this show is dedicated to MoMo. Number one fan, miss her and appreciate her support of me personally and professionally my whole life. So we dedicate this show to her and uh, I appreciate you guys uh, understanding and uh, being patient with me to get back here in front of this microphone. So again, we are presented by King's Daughters Medical Center, driven by MDOT. And we will take a break. Come back with our good friend, Andrew Abity of the Pine Belt Sports Crew down in Hattiesburg. He'll join us next. Just saying, we're back and we're rolling here on the Spirit Media Network.
2: During times of uncertainty, it's comforting to know we have a healthcare system in our community that's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, we are standing together and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC, caring for our community
0: like no one else can. Sayin' is driven by the Mississippi Department of Transportation, reminding you that every day is game day. Download the MDOT smartphone app today and check out the Mississippi roads before heading out to your favorite destination. MDOT, a proud supporter of the Spirit Media Network. Now let's keep Jason in between the ditches with another segment right here on Just Sayin'.
1: And we continue to ride the wave here on Just Sayin'. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're listening, you might be listening on Amazon Music, no, I don't play the drums I don't play guitar I don't play any of that but you can find us on the podcast section of Amazon uh, Google Play iTunes of course most of you have you know smartphones I would think that you do uh, Spotify let's see where else are we we're all, all sorts of places all over the place and speaking of all over the place man th- this guy has covered just about everything in his young career he's on radio he's on print he's done online He's covered high school football college football he's done a little bit of everything he's been a friend of the spirit media networks for quite some time he's andrew Abity. he covers southern miss for pine belt sports down in Hattiesburg. you can find andrew on twitter andrew abadie and find him also at the pine belt sports twitter account pine belt sports andrew i appreciate you joining us this morning giving us a few minutes
2: yeah thanks for having me on and Uh, Not to build up my resume, but my degree is actually in TV, so I I really can't say I've I've done it in some way, shape, or form in uh, our crazy media business, Uh, but thanks again for having me on.
1: Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you. You always do such a great job, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like you have to have your hands in just about every medium, if you will. I mean, you've got to have your hand in a little bit of everything if you're going to make it. In in this day and time, if you cover anything, you know, we were kind of talking about that before the interview started, you know, just kind of, you know, you kind of have to be a one man band in a lot of ways. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to sustain any type of, of semblance or presence, if you will, in in this crazy media world. But speaking of crazy media world, you just never know when you're sitting at a press conference, what you're going to get, you know, a coach or a player might say something in your video. After Saturday night's Southern Miss Liberty football game, of Will Hall, the Southern Miss head football coach, he was not happy with the crowd. It called it disappointing, embarrassing, uh, among other things. And it was a tough loss. There's no doubt about it. He had to be frustrated four overtimes against Liberty and Mississippi native Hugh Freeze is is head coach in the Flames. So he's got to be frustrated. I understand that. He said, Andrew, that he understood that he's got to coach better to attract a bigger crowd. He was happy with the folks in the suite, so on and so forth. I get he's frustrated, but uh, right time for Coach Hall to say that?
2: Yeah, no, it it was definitely not the right time. But I guess let's start with, you know, you know how in every press conference, it seems like somebody always asks about the – what they thought of the crowd and the environment it's usually like the most softballish <laughs> softballish question there is you know anybody who's a print person usually cringes at it and you know i'm thinking okay who cares about this question the press conference is pretty much over and of course it's the one thing everything everybody has been talking about <laughs> since saturday um so yeah you really never know what's, what's going to happen uh of a press conference but um you know, I, I don't think it was the right time. I don't think I don't think he was wrong. And, and to be fair, I know he called the crowd embarrassing, but he called his he called his coaching embarrassing too. You know, I, I thought he covered all of his bases with what he said. He just wasn't calling out the crowd. I mean, he held his coaching accountable, thanked the people that were there, but um yeah it it I don't think it was the right time. I think the conversation is definitely different. I think the view count is probably lower if they uh <laughs> you know if they win that game
1: yeah that's that's what I thought was interesting when you and I were talking earlier this morning. I thought and you correct me if i'm wrong what's interesting in this particular scenario is the fans can be correct about hey you gotta you gotta win games, but also will's correct and you know what. It would certainly help if you guys would show up and support us no matter what. So both sides can be correct in this. It's kind of this fascinating scenario where coach hall is correct. Yes. He did call his coaching embarrassing. He's, he's taking ownership, which is more than I can Mm -hmm. say for a lot of coaches. So that's, what's interesting here. Am I off base with saying, Hey, both sides can actually be right about this. Am I correct? Or am I off base?
2: No, I, I think you're, you're definitely right. I mean, it's one of the, I guess, one of the few times people on Twitter both sides were making points over Twitter arguments. My One of the most interesting comments I saw was um, not that I painfully read through them all, it was just it was constantly blowing up my phone all weekend. But um, one of the most interesting comments somebody saw uh, was that, oh, so the so the fans can criticize the coach, but the coach can't criticize the fans. Not that uh-huh. I'm agreeing with Will in any way, but I, I thought that was a very interesting point. But um, there is credence to what Will said. It's the lowest attended, attended home opener since 2017 against Kentucky. And I remember that game was, it was like 22,000. This, this, this year's home game was 24,000, but in 2017, I remember uh, Southern Miss's athletic director at the time, John Gilbert was, had changed how they, how they count their heads. And I know he was counting the heads in the suites differently. So that number probably could have been higher but 24000 is the lowest since 2018 if you don't get it. And that's, you know, excluding the, tw- the uh, 2020 year when they had the limited
1: capacity. He's Andrew Abadie covering Southern Miss for Pine Belt Sports, joining us on the KDMC guest line here on Just Saying. You know, that game featured so many opportunities. I guess that's what's frustrating for – I know it's frustrating for Coach Hall. I know it's frustrating for the players. It's got to be frustrating for the fans. There were so many opportunities – You're talking about a four-overtime game. One of the topics has been play-calling down the stretch. There were some some calls that fans didn't agree with, and you don't always give credence, like we said, to to what fans say on Facebook or Twitter. But it seems to be a recurring theme over the last – that's really the thing that kind of stands out when you see these message boards or these Facebook pages is the play-calling down the stretch. What do you make of the the game management down the stretch the other night? I don't – I think it
2: comes down to the decision of switching to the Superback offense at the half. I mean, a lot of their, you know, questionable plays was the fact that they really couldn't throw the ball, Um, and that comes down to what what I felt was the way bigger story of Saturday's game was the fact that, you know, Ty Keys gets hurt, and they feel as if they don't have an adequate backup that they can run out there, considering that they had, you know, 12 different people take a snap uh, last season and, and all the chaos they had at the quarterback spot last year, how do you not have somebody that you feel is ready to, uh, fill fill those shoes, uh, if, if you need it. And, um, I, I, that's what it really came down to, to me. And, you know, I, I thought the back offense worked for the most part. Um, it's just, it's, it was crazy to me that they just didn't have a backup quarterback, uh, ready to go. And that's, and that's Will's, uh, position that he coaches. So that really falls on Will. Um, and yeah, it's it definitely it, it was head scratching to me, uh, to say the least.
1: Yeah, that that's one thing that I've been getting texts and calls and messages and, and you know pigeons with notes. What however many different ways there are to communicate about how come Southern Miss doesn't have an adequate backup quarterback or one that they feel confident enough in to to roll out there. So it you said head scratching. That's probably the best way to sum that up. And it's going to be hard to win a whole lot of close games when you're one for five in the red zone. How do they get this cleaned up and cleaned up quick with, with what's coming up Saturday?
2: Well, let's talk about this. If, first off, the, the guys in Vegas who picked this game to be three and a half, I thought was crazy. <laughs> but how, how crazy would have been that if I told you, take the under for this game? Because in my mind, Liberty should have, I, I, not should have, but Liberty was a 17-plus point favorite. I, I Last season, Liberty blows out Southern Miss. And the fact that Southern Miss was in this game until the very end, I think says a tremendous about how much improved they are in every aspect of the game but the quarterback. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Kind of an important spot, and, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, but, it, but, but in all honesty, yeah, they fumbled at the goal line twice. And you know, I think that kind of comes down to, uh, you know, it's the first game, things of that nature. If they don't fumble the goal line, they're never, it never goes to overtime. It, 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 they, they win that game by two touchdowns. Honestly, if Ty Keys doesn't throw two picks, it's, uh, Liberty doesn't even have a 10-3 a, a to three lead at the half. They should have won that game 34-10 to 10 in, in my head if you take out those silly mistakes, which, you know, is a testament to the fact that the offensive line Played great. Their one blemish, and if you want to call it a blemish, was a, it was officially ruled a sack, even though it was a direct snap uh, run play, and it was a scramble. And the kid, it would normally be a, a tackle for loss. It was officially uh, a sack because he was deemed the quarterback on that play for the superback offense. But the offensive line, which was terrible last year, played great. The wide receivers, the few times they got the ball, made great catches. The running back, Frank Gore, looked amazing. The defense was lights out, and I think the defense just ran out of gas towards the end of the night. Those guys were on the field for 83 plays. They looked great in every aspect, or or, or looked better in every aspect. You you have to think, if they just get mediocre quarterback play, this team could find themselves uh, playing in a bowl game. And, uh, you know, the the other, uh, I guess, frustrating part to it, at least for me as a member of the media, and I don't claim myself to be a – football coach or in any way Uh, this is untrained eyes but i thought their two backups trey low and zach Wilkie, looked pretty solid in fall camp in fact i thought zach Wilkie, uh he's a true freshman from hernando looked really impressive during fall camp of course he was going up against twos but you know he's been there since uh spring so he you know he's really got two camps under his belt and uh that's who they That's who Will said was going to be the – or or will take snaps at quarterback this week. Of course, Ty Keyes is still listed as the starter, so I have no idea what what quarterback or what their offense is really going to look like this week. But I I think this team can be competitive after this week. Truly, truly, if if they just come out of this week healthy, that's
1: a win. Yeah, speaking of this week, it doesn't get any easier for the Golden Eagles or Coach Hall. Now you travel to Miami, 15th-ranked Hurricanes. What do you feel the mindset is of the team? Because, yeah, you you could take some confidence from, hey, you you were in this game, could have, probably should have won it against Liberty. Mm -hmm. But now you go to Miami, it's tough to get off the mat after a really close game that you lose. It's really tough to get off the mat. And then your coach is in the headlines, fair or unfair, for things that he said after the game about the crowd. Tough loss at home, now a huge road test. What do you see happening Saturday? How, how can the Southern Miss team keep it close?
2: Well, you know, the, I think their defense uh, can play with anybody. We kind of saw that last year, minus this one school called Alabama. Yeah, and I definitely think their defense can keep it, uh, you know, make it not look bad, if that makes sense. And if they run that super back offense, at the very least, they'll keep Miami off the Miami's offense off the field and just kind of run the clock. So um, I was looking at the spread again, just out of curiosity, it's 26 and I, gosh, it kind of feels like Southern Miss can take the under on that. Don't, <laughs> if you're a degenerate gambler, don't listen to me. I, I <laughs> my, my picks in college football are garbage, but um, I, I, I think they can at least stay in it by halftime. I, I think you're just trying to walk away with moral victories. If Zach Wokey shows some flashes. That's good. Um, you know, it's also Frank Gore Jr.'s like essentially his homecoming, you know, being from Miami. Um, so you, you kind of hope you get to see him have a decent game. But like I said, I think I think uh, the memo is kind of clear. They just have to come out healthy. And in fact, uh, this past practice on Wednesday they had one of their wide receivers get carted off the field. So, mm. you know, that's already uh, not happening for them uh, already. So, uh, it, it, it's hard to say how you measure success this week um, and I, I, I don't really know how you do that especially given how things went for you last week.
1: going to be interesting to watch and uh, of course we'll be following you on Twitter and following you guys at Pine Belt Sports. You do a great job and uh, we'll be following to see your coverage coming up this weekend. Keep up the good work my friend and I hope you'll jump back on with us sometime.
2: Hey anytime you want to have me have me on. I appreciate you uh, having on and having me on and of course thanks for the kind words
1: absolutely he's andrew abadie pine belt sports editor you can follow him on twitter andrew abadie a-b-a-d-i-e pine belt sports under the same name on twitter give him a follow and uh, andrew and his crew do a phenomenal job we'll take a break come back with more here on just saying on the spirit Media Network.
3: Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app. The MDOT Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at DOT on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Have a topic you'd like discussed on Just Sayin'? Shoot Jason an email. It's really that simple. Jason at spiritmedianet.com. You never know when your topic or even you may make an appearance on the show. Now, let's roll on here on
1: Just Sayin'. And we roll on here on Just Sayin' on the Spirit Media Network. Glad that you're with us wherever you're listening. You might be listening on Spotify. We're there. You might be listening on Google Play. You might be listening on iTunes. How about Amazon Music? No, I don't play the guitar. I don't play the drums, unfortunately. I'm not going to sing, but we are in the podcast section of Amazon Music, so you can find us there in an array of other places. And we're so happy now to be joined by Jason Smith. He's the Director of Public Affairs for the Mississippi Department of Transportation, of course. They're uh, a big part of what we do here at the Spirit Media Network, our show Audibles here on this podcast, so many things that we do covering college athletics. I mean, you name it. They're a part of it, so I want to first thank uh, Jason and all his folks at MDOT. Man, how are you? It's been a hot minute since we've been able to catch up.
4: Yeah, it's been a lot. We've had a, a lot of stuff going on. You know, we finally got 49 wrapped up, so people are happy about that. We were able to get that project finished and, and folks can drive through now uh, unimpeded. We've got three lanes and some shoulders, and it's just it's a nice ride, and then we opened up the uh, bridge on I-20 that we replaced in almost record time. It was it was a quick turnaround, and we were able to get that done pretty quickly, even with COVID and some slowdowns. But um, yeah, things are moving. There's always stuff happening. We've had you know lots of extra water on the roadways here lately, and that can cause some issues for folks. But we got through that okay, and roads are all back open, and and we're running.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with the response of of MDOT after all the the flooding that we had here a couple of weeks ago, you know, there were roads washed out. There were, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, the, the amount of rain and, and just water, Creek water, mm-hmm. pond water, river water, wherever it was amazing. Yep. And the response by MDOT was phenomenal. It was like, it was almost like nothing ever happened. How quickly you guys were able to get everything back up and running, get the roads back up to hundred percent. It, it was really remarkable. How fast the turnaround was what, what do you attribute that to?
4: It is a uh, a combination of things. one is preparation our our folks the the crews out in the various sites around the districts around the state they are prepped and ready. They watch you know and see weather reports and anticipate and they've got plans in place for all sorts of things, so they were ready and then um you know in the case of this last round of storms, we had one road that washed out, and I mean it completely blew out the entire road. There was a hole where a road used to be. It was about, I would say, you know, 15 feet wide and about, you know, 20, 30 feet deep. Gracious. And it took the whole road out, took a truck with it, and um, they were able once the once the rain stopped and they got a truckload of dry dirt, they started at daylight and. Uh, before sundown, they had that road completely built back up, asphalt—I mean gravel—and and put in place. And that road was open to traffic. It wasn't—they didn't put asphalt on it yet because they're waiting for the traffic to kind of run over the gravel and pack it down really good. And then they're going to come over and put a layer of asphalt. But that road is back open. And you would have thought, I, from me looking at it, I was like, oh, it's going to be a couple weeks or a month before we'll be able to get in there. Those guys, and they came in on their day off. Um, oh wow! They were scheduled not to work that day, and they had volunteers, and they the entire crew showed up, started at sunrise, and they were done um, before it was uh, even getting dark. So it was impressive, uh, and and they just they're dedicated. The folks who work for M you know, all up and down the entire state, at just about every level, folks are here because they believe in what they're doing. It's you know, it's good, honest work where they're doing things that improve people's lives, make it easier for you to get from point A to point B safely. You can take your family to church. You can take your family to the grocery store or to school or wherever you're going. And we have a a network of transportation infrastructure, roads and highways and bridges that are going to get you there safely.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty remarkable when Again, I, I just seeing all the pictures on, on your Twitter account and Facebook, and you guys do a phenomenal job with your social media. It's it's pretty Thanks. remarkable. And this dot app, you know, we, we started looking at the Game Day app last year and, and the MDOT app, and just it's amazing the information that you can pull up on this app. It, it's remarkable, yeah. and, it, and it comes in really handy this time of year. And Absolutely. Uh, you, where, where, no matter where you're going, you could be going to Starville, you could be going to Oxford, Hattiesburg, Baton Rouge, wherever. Right. And, I mean, yeah. y- you need to know if you're going to load – you you know, you've got kids, you've got people in the car with you, hey, we need to know if there's road closures, if there's something that we need to avoid. And this app is perfect for folks that, that do a lot of traveling like like we do. I mean, we're at a different game almost every weekend, so the first thing I do with coffee in the morning, I'm looking at mm-hmm. the Dot app. It's, it's remarkable. What, what all went into the planning for this? I mean, because you guys keep it, it, keep it updated, and it, it's a remarkable tool.
4: We have it set up so that it, you know, it updates. As soon as we are alerted to uh, a crash, a slowdown, uh, work zone, or anything, we put it in there. It comes up on the app on the map so you can see the location um, in real time. It also shows you the condition of the traffic. Uh, along your route varying by colors so you can see you know if it's deep dark red that means that the traffic is either stopped or close to a stop green means everything is moving at normal speed it updates you as you're driving if you're approaching a work zone if you've got a route set in um, i've got my commutes to work set up so that it if there's something coming up it alerts me sends me a a push notification so i don't even have to look at it it just pops up automatically says hey there's a you know, crash on your route, you may want to take a different way. So I'll hop off the interstate, maybe hop on, you know, highway 80 or whatever to get around it and keep on rolling. It's it's very handy and it, you know, really helps people, I think, uh, navigate in the most efficient way possible when you're going to, you know, say you're traveling from Jackson to Starkville. That's a, that's a long ride. So, um, knowing that there are things in the way ahead of time, well I can take a different route. I can scoot around and go up this way or hop on, uh, you know, a different route. Our aim here is to just make people aware as much as possible so that they can plan ahead if they need to give themselves extra time, if they need to, you know, take a different way or if maybe they need, if they have multiple days that they're deciding they're going to go somewhere. Well, look, this thing says it's going to wrap up tomorrow or let's go on the next day. Or if we've got something that's going to start on, say, Thursday, well, let's go ahead and go Wednesday instead of waiting till the weekend. Um, all those things, our main goal is to just make it easier for the traveling public to get where they want to go safely and efficiently and cause them as little headaches as possible. Now, with construction and upkeep and maintenance of a network of, you know, 30 some thousand miles of highway across the state it's really kind of difficult to, to avoid every possible shutdown, slowdown, and inconvenience, but mm-hmm. we do our best to make the, uh, make the information available so that people can, can get what they need.
1: He's Jason Smith, director of public affairs for the Mississippi department of transportation, joining us here on just saying, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is obviously there's folks going to the old miss game. You need to listen up. And for folks that are Jackson State fans, Jackson State contingent, traveling up to Memphis for your football game. So, Jackson State fans, Ole Miss fans, you need to listen. There are some things coming up, some road closures, some stuff going on with the travel route into Oxford going up to Memphis. So, what do folks need to know, Jason, if they're going to Oxford for the Ole Miss game or they're going to Memphis for the Jackson State game?
4: Well, the – The issue that we've got is there was a a bridge on I-55 in Panola County uh, right around Batesville, or the Batesville exit anyway, um, that has to be uh, repaired. There's a steel beam in there that's got an issue, and we need to repair it. And it's an emergency repair, so we can't delay it. Um, We have to make it as quick as possible. And so they have it scheduled to start Friday night, September the 9th, at 7 p.m., and they are expecting that work to take most of the weekend um, be completed by Monday morning at 7 a.m. There's a possibility of, you know, some weather or whatever, but I, I think that they are expected to just continue it and and work through that. Uh, but that means that the southbound, this is a southbound side bridge. So the southbound I-55, all the lanes are going to be closed um, in Panola County at the, uh, Going to be at the exit 243. And now we've got a detour that's going to be in place, but it's a long detour. And the reason for that, if you look at the map and it looks like, oh, we could just jump on 51 and go down and then hop back on. Well, interstate traffic a lot of times includes obviously commercial vehicles, 18 wheelers, things like that. Um, There is a bridge on 51 that has a weight limit on it um, so that. 18 wheelers and commercial traffic can't travel that bridge. So our designated detour is going to be getting on, um, get off at 243 to exit 243. And then you're going to travel East on 278 to 315 and then down to state route seven, and then back over to I-55 at Coffeyville, which is exit 211. That is a big detour. And, going all the way out to, you know, Water Valley and then down to Coffeeville and back over, um it's going to be a long route and those are two-lane highways, but MD is not allowed to put detours from interstate traffic onto county-owned roads. So this designated detour is not the only way to get around, but we are not able to designate a detour that includes county roads, so we had to kind of make a a big detour. If you are from that area or you know that area well, you may be able to get through a little easier doing a different way. And I totally understand that. But the official detour is going to be going out, like I said, to uh, 243 down to 278, and then 315 back to 7. Now, you know, Highway 7 is one that uh, a lot of the Ole Miss fans are going to be riding on, and so this is just the southbound traffic going to be doing that. Now, going to Oxford or going to Memphis. Shouldn't be any problem at all you're just going to go on up there but both teams have six o'clock games on saturday so that means late saturday night when folks are driving back to jackson um they are probably going to encounter this so you need to plan your route if you're coming out of oxford you may want to take a different route you know, you may want to take i don't know which road you want to take coming down um you could probably go take nine and go down that way or Some other route, if you want to go all the way over to 35 and take that down, you might avoid some traffic there, but the the bigger thing is just be aware, give yourself extra time and and be safe with it because that detour is going to be on some smaller highways, so they're going to have a lot of extra traffic there, which means it's going to be backed up and it's going to be going slow. Like I said, this is an emergency repair that had to be done, and it seems maybe counterintuitive that we would do it on you know, when we know there's a football game, but... Doing it uh, on a weekday would have a lot more commercial vehicles and 18-wheelers put on those two-lane highways, so we had to avoid that. And then weekends are a slower traffic count time for 55 and for just about every route. Um, People don't drive as much as they do during the weekdays. So, um, yeah, this has to be done, has to be done quickly, and this is when it's going to happen. So we understand it's going to be a slowdown and an inconvenience, and there are going to be people who are upset. And we're sorry about that, but this road has to be, uh, this bridge has to be fixed, and uh, there's no way to avoid it.
1: Well, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, we, we pay attention to what, what's better in the long run than what's better in the short term. And this is better in the long run. Hey, it's got to be done. True. It's all in the name of True. safety, and, and I think that most folks appreciate that fact. In the long run, if it's in the name of safety, hey, we're, we're good with it. We, we get a minor inconvenience, that's fine. And I appreciate you guys keeping the Mississippi road safe, keeping us updated. And uh, again, this, this traffic app, I encourage you, you know, if you're going to the old miss game, if you're going to the Jackson state game or any game, you're going to be traveling at all this season, or you could be a traveling salesman here in Mississippi. You could be, you could have a number of different jobs. This app is perfect for, for what you do. And for really anyone uh, that gets out on the Mississippi road. So, I appreciate you guys there at Dot. Thank you for supporting what we do. Uh, I scratch my head sometimes as to why, you know, we continue to get people to come back and support us, but we, we appreciate this support. You do good work. Well.
4: You do, you do a good job and you get information out about, you know, everybody loves college sports and we love, you know, talking about it, especially here in Mississippi. So, you know, this is one way that we can reach a lot of people and, and make a difference and, and let them know about it. So, I appreciate you sharing the microphone with us and letting us get that out.
1: Absolutely, thanks for your support of of Audibles and everything we do here at the Spirit Media Network. And let's, uh, let's do this again soon, my friend, how about it?
4: Absolutely, love it, thank you for having me.
1: He's Jason Smith, Director of Public Affairs for the Mississippi Department of Transportation joining us here on Just Saying. We will take a break, come back with so much more here on the Spirit Media Network. The Spirit Media Network is providing coverage of sports, faith, and entertainment like no one
0: else in Mississippi and the Deep South. No other media outlet touches all the bases as we do, from the Friday night lights to rubbing shoulders with the biggest names in college athletics. Be sure to follow us on our multiple platforms including Facebook, Twitter, our YouTube channel, and by downloading our Roku slash smart TV channel, Spirit Live. Check out our website at spiritmedianet.com for upcoming projects and broadcasts. And stay up to date with what's happening on the Spirit Media Network, where we're changing the game. Just Saying is presented by King's Daughters Medical Center, providing quality care in a Christian environment. Visit KDMC.org to learn more about the KDMC touch in caring for you and your family. Now, here's Jason.
1: All right, we roll on here on Just Saying on the Spirit Media Network. Glad that you're with us wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify. Let's see, how many places are we? Google Play, Amazon Music. I don't play the guitar or anything, but we're on the podcast section of Amazon Music. A bunch of other places. Just go check us out on our website and you can find out where to find us. And we're so pleased to to welcome in our next guest on the KDMC Guest Line, senior writer for ESPN.com, co-host of Marty and McGee. He is Ryan McGee. Man, thanks for taking a few minutes with us today.
5: Yeah, man. No, it's great. We're, uh, yeah, we, Marty McGee, we, we hit the road last weekend, and went up to Arkansas. That was a big win for them. And, uh, and this week we're all over the place. Marty and I are actually going to be at Vanderbilt or Wake Forest Vanderbilt. Oh. Um, but then we're going to have Roman Harper going to be in one place and Tebow is going to be in another place. And we're going to be, it's going to be like a real show. So we'll see how that goes.
1: I want to rewind for a minute, if I can, because you and I actually met in Omaha for the College World Series. And, you know, this event, it was the first time I got to go to the College World Series. You've seen several of those, and I was impressed with it. There's a lot of folks that will complain about the NCAA does this. They they don't do this right. They don't do that Right. They get this right. The College World Series is an amazing event, top-notch. Everyone works so hard to put on a great event and, and it is. Everything from top to bottom is awesome. So for you covering all the College World Series that you have and seeing every year, it just gets better and better. Being a fan of the event like you are, you, you got to take some satisfaction in that, I'm sure, right?
5: Yeah, it's just it, it was almost like this uh really well-kept secret. Like, you know, it was, and you're right about the NCAA. We we can bang on the NCAA all we want when it comes to rules and regulations and how they're enforced. But what the NCAA crushes and always has are championships. Any kind of tournament. You go to you go to, uh, you go to a lacrosse tournament. You go to the Frozen Four. Obviously basketball. And to me, they don't do it anywhere better than they do it in Omaha. It's College World Series, and it's yeah, it, it's funny. I've been going out there now for 20 years, and I wrote a worst selling book about the College World series thirteen years ago. And so, you know, I I I used to go to Rosenblatt and, and now I've been going I still call it the new ballpark, although we've been in we've been in Schwab Field now for more than a decade. And it's just it's the best, man. It's the atmosphere. And my favorite sporting events are the ones that are intertwined with the identity of the city. If you say Indianapolis, what do you think of? You think of the 500. You say Daytona. You think about the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. You say Pasadena. You think about the Rose Bowl. And for me, if you say Omaha, um, even people that don't know a thing about college baseball, they immediately think of the College World Series. So, yeah, it's been cool to watch it kind of grow into this major event as college baseball has 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 grown into a much more major sport. But it's still, as you know, you saw it, it still has that small feel to it. And you still feel like you're kind of in on something when you're out there. And that, that's what, that's what I love about it,
1: man. That is such a great point that, that you bring up because although it's this huge event, there's so many people, there's so many folks that have their hands in it. It doesn't feel too big. Like kind of like you just said, if that makes sense, it doesn't feel too yeah. big. You feel like your, your investment in covering that matters and the folks around the college world series make you feel that way. Is, is that a safe, safe, accurate assumption?
5: Yeah, I'm I'm a big minor league baseball guy. Always have been. Been to like 130 parks. I I, I book my travel schedule around minor league baseball and the College World Series. Even though it is a major event and it is a national championship and it goes on for almost two weeks, it still has that double A, triple A feel to it. That's why I love about college baseball. You know, you go to Hoover and go to the to the SEC baseball tournament. Or you know, I live in Charlotte. You go to to Charlotte or or Raleigh or Durham or wherever for the for the ACC baseball tournament. It just it just has that feel to it. It feels like you're going to a Durham Bulls game or an Omaha Storm Chasers or or you know pick your team, Birmingham, whatever. I just that's what I love about it. It's just and, and the people, the people at the NCAA, they love it so much, and they volunteer to go work it. And at ESPN, you know, on the television side. You know, it's again. It's just kind of kept secret in the building. But the people who work the College World Series, they will fight you if you think you're going to go work it, and they aren't. (laughs) I mean, everybody wants to go. And so, even if you, and what you see is, you'll go to the College World Series, and even if LSU isn't in the series, LSU fans are there, and if Texas isn't there, Texas fans are there. And once you go and you kind of experience it, you have to keep going back. And then, of course, when we haven't seen any. What we've seen the last two years between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, um, I've been going there again for 20 years. I've never seen, I had never seen a fan base take over Omaha like Mississippi State did in 2021. And I thought, well, nobody will ever top that. And um, much to the Bulldog chagrin, Ole Miss just completely, it was a completely different level. Back in June. It just, it just, it's just, it keeps getting better and better. And, and I'm going to keep going until they tell me I can't.
1: I hope that I can make it a yearly occurrence. If they'll let, let me keep coming back, I plan on making it a yearly occurrence. It, it was just a great event. Huge tip of the cap to uh, everyone who worked so hard to make it that way. So, all right. So I know folks listening are like, all right, y'all get on to football. I'm sure I've got some folks <laughs> listening that are saying that. So I will ask you about football. We kick it off last weekend. Were there any storylines or things that stood out to you? That kind of made you go, huh? Last weekend, um, I was really surprised at how
5: bad Oregon looked. Mm. Um, that to me, that's a top fifteen football team, and I think by the end of the season they'll be there. But I think that's also a testament to, you know, if you're Dan Lanning, um, you know, I don't, I don't care where you are, if you're a first time head football coach, and any coach will tell you this. I, I was just talking to Sam Pittman about this uh, on Saturday up in Fayetteville last weekend. You know. That guy was an assistant coach for for decades and decades and decades. And he finally became a head coach. And he talks about the challenge of being a first-time head coach. And there's just things that you don't expect to have to deal with. And I chatted with Dan Lanning a little bit last week leading into the game. And obviously, we all know he can coach. I mean, he just coached arguably, statistically, the greatest defense that we've seen in a really, really long time at Georgia. And... You know, so you would think he'd kind of have the code cracked of how to move the ball on that defense that he had been in charge of up until January, and and they just got run over. And Georgia's really, really good; they're the defending national champions. But Oregon, I think, contributed to that too because they just played poorly, and so that that caught me off guard. Um, there were some things that weren't a surprise. It did not surprise me that Florida played as well as it did. Utah, to me, is also that that's a that's a, still a playoff contending team. They could win the Pac-12 and still make the playoff. I didn't expect. I, I love Billy Napier, and you keep in mind now that Florida team, half those guys that are still on the roster, they they should have beaten Alabama mm. about a year ago. And so I never expected them to have this huge drop off. Now that they have a coach who actually wants to be there and actually wants to recruit. Um, no offense to my new coworker uh, Dan Mullen, <laughs> but it's just it is what it is, and it's um. So yeah, those were probably those two games were the ones I had circled anyway. But um but no I, I one of I tell one thing that has really surprised me is the quality of play. There certainly was some sloppiness. Um LSU certainly would like to have a couple special teams plays back one in particular, but top to bottom, I can't remember a week one where we saw so few sloppy penalties. Hmm. You know, there there weren't a lot of just like stupid, you know, personal fouls and there weren't you know, Usually you watch on week one and you just kind of know, all right, we're going to have a bunch of you know, procedures and you know, substitution infractions and that kind of stuff. And all across college football, that really wasn't the case. And that just tells me that this is our first quote-unquote normal season 2019, and they were playing like it.
1: Ryan McGee of ESPN, SEC Network, and gosh, I mean, how many, how many different other things? Every time I turn on the radio or TV, man, I see you, which is, which is cool. After kind of, you know, chit-chatting with you a little bit this summer, but you talked about LSU, so I'm going I'm to go ahead and ask him. And you guys sat down with Brian Kelly back in uh, during Media Day. So, I mean, what? <laughs> How does he get out of this? Because man, he's catching a lot of. It has not been a good week for LSU with Coach Kelly. I mean, you look at this, man. It's he makes a comment to the reporter. They have the game against Florida State. It's it's just not been a good week for him. How does he kind of get get through this storm, so to speak?
5: He's gonna be fine. He was at Notre Dame for more than a decade, and. You know what? What Brian Kelly and I have talked about, and when I say "fine," I'm talking about like his personal well-being. Like Mm -hmm. none of this is going to hurt his feelings to the point that he's ready to walk away. You know, if if he if it doesn't work out at LSU, it's going to be because he didn't win football games. It's not going to be because he didn't have the constitution to deal with the stress of the job. You know, I, I talked to Brian Kelly at length when he was at Notre Dame about every single day at Notre Dame was a fight. And, you know, there's the unreasonable expectations that the fan base has because of the history of the program. But because of the history of the program and that same fan base, you know, I always use the example, to get that little video board put in the one end zone, the to touchdown Jesus into the stadium at Newt Rod- at Northern uh, Stadium, it took years of meetings. And just to get some, some you know, some somewhat modern music played during pregame warm-up took meeting after meeting after meeting to get the original Redwood bleacher seats taken out of the stadium and replaced a couple years ago, he had to fight everybody. And so he's not going to have to fight those things at LSU. And so the, the point is he has a blank checkbook. Now he has the resources. Now that's also not a super great roster at LSU. And I actually was impressed with what he did against Florida state. You know, if they have one playback, they probably win the football game. And so uh, he's going to be fine. You know, whether or not it's going to work, I can't tell you. Um, but but he as a person will be fine. And yeah, it's been a tough week. But like that thing with the reporter and the press conference, and I wasn't there. Um, but, uh, you know, coach was, he was trying to make a joke about people coming in late. And I don't know why the hell the reporter spoke back to him. Just sit there. Shut up. You know, do the press conference. And, you know, shut up on both sides. I just, right now, everything Brian Kelly does is going to be magnified mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people who don't think it's going to work anyway. Um, he can be very difficult to like personality-wise. I get all that. Um, and But there's a lot of work to do. And the reality was that, you know, they were they were one play, two plays away from winning that game on uh, on Sunday night. And if they did that, uh, that thing in the press conference probably doesn't happen. And even if it did, we would be making a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I know some press conferences. I know that I've been covering pressers before, and if you say anything out of line, you're you're gone. I mean, they'll yank you in a heartbeat.
5: At the end of the day, you're there to cover the. And and again, I don't, I do not make a habit out of criticizing the way people in the media do their job. Right. It's just not, you know, they don't, you know, whatever. Everybody's working hard. I get all that, but there, but there is a, there is an etiquette to it, and um, and I I don't know, it was just that, that whole thing. But again, if if they win the game, or let's say it's the middle of October, and LSU is five and two, and everything's going pretty good. Uh, that exchange would have happened, and the people in the room would have you know somebody would have put it on Twitter, it uh, would have all been like, well, that was weird, but it would not have been the flash fire that it turned out becoming because of but uh, just because of the fact they lost the game, but it's um he can coach football i I don't think no one under no one appreciates what he did at Notre Dame. I don't think nationally the way that they should because, you know, you look at what they were, they were lost in the woods for a long time. And with a lot of really high profile coaches and they could not get out of their own way. And, you know, he took them to playoff twice and took the BCS championship once. I mean, uh, you know, and and he made them relevant again. And so I I don't think people understand how difficult that job is. Again, I'm not saying that this all means he's going to win, you know, a bunch of national championships at LSU, but I'm saying that I know he can coach football. So, um, you know, if given the opportunity and given the time to get there, um, I think he's going to be okay. But, you know, I've been wrong before.
1: One of the big stories that came out last week, and I wanted to ask you, college football playoff expansion to 12 teams. A lot of folks think it's going to happen as early as 2024. Where, where do you stand on this? For, against, indifferent?
5: Um, I'm for it. I'm not a fan of 12. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I love college football because it doesn't look like the NFL. You know, I'm not an NFL guy. I I, 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 fought, I live in Charlotte. I'm a proud Panthers fan. I'll go to games this year. Um, you know, I support my team and, and my, my local team. But then at the same time, I you know, I follow the athletes that I covered in college that I liked that go on to the NFL. I mean, I, I'm invested in it. You know, how many guys in the NFL have been on Marty McGee in the last five years? It's all of them. And so, so yeah, I like the NFL fine. But I don't want to watch the NFL on Saturday. I don't want everyone to run the same offense. I don't want everyone to run the same defense. I don't want to see the same 30 coaches rotating in and out of jobs. And I don't want a playoff that looks like the NFL. And buys, to me, are super, super NFL. That's just – that's a pro sports bracket. I get it. 12 is a nice number. Um, You know, you got the six champs, and then you got the six other teams. I love the direction that it's going. But I I grew up on small college campuses. My dad – as you know, was a, was a college referee on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. He was a small college president the other six days of the week. And so I grew up on division, NCAA Division II and what we used to call 1AA, you know, FCS football. And um, 16 was always a great number. It was always a great number for a tournament. So I like even numbers. I like everybody having to play the same number of games. I, you know, I just I think there's already, there's already an advantage to being Alabama over, you know, BYU or whoever. Um, and then, but to giving them another advantage. You know, we're going up with the same teams in the championship. <laughs> we're trying to help. You know, the whole point is to not give us the same thing over and over again. But now you're rigging the system so that you know alabama's going to you know going to host the playoff. You know, I, it, it just it just that's the only part of it I don't like. But but the expansion's great, and I love the fact that a Coastal Carolina, um, and uh, and whoever can go recruit now and say, hey. You come here, you got a chance to be in the of all playoff because it's a fact.
1: Is there a gamer storyline this weekend? You talked about Alabama, Alabama, Texas. They're going to steal a lot of the headlines, rightfully so. But is there a game that maybe folks aren't paying attention to, or, or that that you just like in the lineup this week that you'll that you'll be paying attention to uh, more so than others?
5: I think there's um I think there's a lot of them. I, I think that this week suddenly got sneaky good. Like mm-hmm. uh, like I don't I don't think I I don't think I realized all so focused on week one that we um, that we just didn't, you know, I, I make this mistake all the time where we all get so focused on week one, week zero, whatever, and then all of a sudden you turn around and, uh, and there's bigger games. Hey, to me, like you look at like, uh, you know, in Arkansas, South Carolina, and what you have is you have games that are going to be gigantic when we get to the end of the year. You know, these, these are the games now where you're determining, maybe not if you're going to play, be in the college football playoff, but what you're doing is, is you are setting yourself up for, you know, where are you going to be at the end of the season? You know, Tennessee and Pitt. Uh, first of all, I'm a Johnny Majors guy. Um, I I went to school at Tennessee. I worked for Coach Majors. Um, I love the fact that they've made this the Johnny Majors Classic. Mm-hmm. But, but this game for 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 Tennessee and for Pitt, this is like a ten million dollar ball game. This is probably going to decide what kind of ball game you're playing at the end of the year, or if you have a chance to make a run at your conference championship game. The same with Kentucky and Florida. Kentucky and Florida, that's you know you're playing for, you're playing for the inside lane to perhaps be the team that makes a finally makes a run at Georgia this year. I mean there there's so many of those games, but that's that's there's a lot of sneaky sneaky week two. A lot of early conference games that are going to determine, uh, to me, are going to determine, you know, what kind of season these guys are going to have at the end of the year.
1: Man, I'm really looking forward to that Kentucky Florida game. I really, really am. I mean that that one in the past is or last few years, you know, it's. It's been interesting. There's been something crazy happened, so really looking forward to that one. I want to ask you before I let you get out of here. I mean, I, I love Marty McGee. I told you that when I met you this summer, and, and I wasn't just you know blowing smoke. I mean, the show's hilarious. You guys just have a blast. Take me inside the friendship of, of you and Marty. Uh, you guys, of course, host the TV show together. You've covered uh, a, a jillion events together. You've been friends for years. Look, I've got close friends. There's no way in the world I'm going to work with them because we kill each other. <laughs> but you guys make it work. You've been able to work together. What is it about y'all's friendship that, that just makes it work so well? We're your friends off camera and on camera.
5: Well, the friendship is that, I mean, you know, we've known each other. We have, we have racked our brains trying to figure out where we first met. Um, and we don't know exactly where it was, but we got a pretty good guess. It was probably either the Martinsville Speedway or the South Boston Speedway when Marty was writing for the Rolling Oak Times and I was a young uh, field producer for ESPN. The late great RPM Tonight was the show I worked on. as a nightly motorsports show on ESPN2 mm-hmm. back in the 90s. And so that was what I did right out of college. And so we know we met at some point right out of college. So we've known each other 25 years coming up. And so... um, you know, I was a TV producer in the first half of my career. And the mo- one of the most difficult parts of the job was you could take really, really talented people and put them on a desk together, all making a lot of money and all with a lot of resources behind them. And there's either chemistry there or there isn't. And you can't manufacture it. It either works or it doesn't. And, when, and it does not more than it does. I mean, you think about the combinations you've seen on the Today Show, Or, you know, a lot of ESPN shows where you take people and put them on the desk and it just doesn't work. And Marty and I just, we know each other. And the other thing too is we, we root for each other. You know, I think a lot of times people would assume because um, we, we're both reporters and all that stuff, like we're competing for stories and we're, we're really not. You know, when he, when he, when he does something that's awesome, I'm his biggest cheerleader and, and, and I've always felt that same way, like him, his feelings toward me. And so, I think that's what it is, man. And plus, it's just, you know, your dudes are your dudes. And and we're just lucky that that we just give you know, we were riding to Martinsville Speedway together six, seven years ago, and I was like, Man, I swear, I think if people could hear this conversation we just had for the last two hours, they would like it. And that was our whole pitch when we went to ESPN and uh and somehow Miracle of Miracles they put us on the radio and we've been there ever since.
1: It's awesome. And I think that's why people connect with it so much. Like you said, it just feels like you're riding in the truck, just hanging out, sitting on the tailgate. And I think that's that's what's so endearing about it. I mean, you guys definitely don't take yourself too seriously, which I think a lot of people appreciate. Hey, these guys aren't stuffy. They don't think they're better than everybody. They're just they're just dudes, man. Like you said, they're just well, talking sports and and talking about I got an idea for Hillbilly headlines in a minute, but, uh, but yeah, you guys, I think that's why you come across and it's endearing to so many people because
5: you, you're just, you're
1: yourselves.
5: Well, we just, um, we just can't believe they let us do it, man. We mean, honestly, <laughs> we, we, get done, we get done with the show. Like, like Saturday, Saturday, we got done with the show in Arkansas and, um, you know, we're headed to the airport and he looked at me and he goes, I still can't believe they let us do this on TV. And that's how we feel. It's genuinely how we feel. And so, uh, when we when we do the show in the Wilderness Lodge uh, here in Charlotte, where we both live, we we will do the show for three hours, and we will literally walk out in the parking lot to our trucks. And he'll look at me, and I look at him, and we will just almost almost go, "What the hell did we just do for three hours?" <laughs> and, and and we keep waiting on the phone to ring, and somebody going, "Okay, you know what? Uh, there's been a paperwork mistake here. We're not. We didn't realize y'all been on TV all these years. <laughs> We're shutting it down." And uh, and they never have, man. If if anything. Um, if anything, they throw almost too much at us now. So it's, uh, no, it's, it's great. But I, but I, and I appreciate you saying that. Cause that honestly is a whole good, the, the show was the idea of the show was literally born for the two of us riding the pickup truck, uh, going to cover a race at Martinsville. And, um, and that's, you know, that's why our commercials, the TV course are us in a pickup truck, cause that's, that's the spirit of the show, man.
1: it's awesome and look i know your time is valuable especially this time of year so thanks for jumping on with me man i know we've been trying to make it work for a while i hope you'll come back again and by the way if you ever need content for hillbilly headlines man this fence post on this side of the tracks over here in middle mississippi i promise i can find you some content if you ever are searching for hillbilly headlines i can help you out man i'm just telling you
5: hey we're always looking for we, we call we call them uh He'll be the headline bureau reporter. So we, you know, <laughs> we got, I, got, I got, I live here in Charlotte, and I got a buddy of mine I known for thirty years. Works at the local one of the local TV stations here, Dave Wisnett. And Dave is, the, Dave is literally, he's the bureau reporter from the Salisbury Concord area, that's up by the racetrack in Charlotte. And uh, and about every, about twice a week, he sends me ideas, and almost all of them make the show. So yeah, we we're all about any research that anybody else wants to do for us. We're all about that.
1: If you get a text, don't be shocked because I'm going to feed you some headlines, man. Thanks for doing this. I hope we get to do it again down the road.
5: Hey, I appreciate it. It was great to see you in Omaha. And um, you know, I like your chances of probably following another team up there a year from now.
1: He's Ryan McGee, senior writer for ESPN.com, host, co-host of Marty and McGee on the SEC Network and ESPN Radio, joining us here on the KDMC Guest Line. Appreciate his time so much. We take a break. Come back with more. Just saying, rolls on on the Spirit Media Network. Family-owned and operated since 1986, Lakeside Molding has become the trusted source
0: of architectural products throughout the South. They offer fine interior architectural moldings, custom millwork, and cabinet doors designed and handcrafted in flow wood. Their showroom on Lakeland Drive is stocked with today's most sought-after interior details, including corbels, posts, fireplace mantles, bath vanities, butcher block islands, mirrors, and much more. Tim Shoemaker and his staff work closely to meet client needs for new construction, restoration, and remodeling projects. Lakeside Molding, where details make the difference.
1: All right, we roll on here on Just Saying. Appreciate you guys joining us. First podcast back. Uh, we've been away for just a hot minute. We've kind of been busy, but we are back finally this week. Wherever you're listening, whether it's Amazon. We're on Amazon now, which is pretty cool. Uh, You could be listening on iTunes, uh, Google Play, on Spotify, which is kind of cool. We're on Stitcher. I don't know what Stitcher is. Maybe our next guest on the KDMC guest line will be able to help us out with, with Stitcher. He covers Ole Miss for 247 Sports, friend of the Spirit Media Network. He's Jared Redding. What is Stitcher? Do you know what Stitcher is?
3: I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. You're trying to figure it out. I'm, I, thought you were, I thought you were calling me that at first.
1: <laughs> We've known each other too long. I would never do that to you, but it's good to have you on the show. Of course, you've had a very, I guess you could say, decorated career so far in your young career, getting to cover a lot of different things. You're covering Ole Miss now. For two, four, seven sports. And I want to start there. So the season opener for the Rebels, depending on who you talk to with the Ole Miss faithful, you look at this Ole Miss offense. I'll start there. They averaged six yards of carry. They finished with nearly 300 rushing yards, nine of 14 on third down attempts. Pretty good conversion rate there. Four for four. In the red zone, Zach Evans has 130 yards rushing. Freshman running back, Quinshawn Judkins. Everyone's been talking about him running angry, looking like the truth, looking like a really an NFL back in a lot of ways, the way that he ran the football. 87 yards on 14 carries. You know, a lot of positives, right? So why do I feel like, depending on which Ole Miss fan you talk to, I need to hide the scissors after watching the game Saturday? Uh,
3: I don't really quite know what that. With, with that means, but I think uh, what you're getting at is kind of about you know why are some people kind of pessimistic about it and why some people are optimistic um, from it. So I'm going to start kind of with the optimism behind it because obviously Tiffin's cut like likened these first couple of non-conference games to preseason uh, games just to kind of see where they're at the quarterback position. Of course, Dart got to start uh, on Saturday. Had some good moments and there has the moments where he obviously like to have one back. That didn't exactly pop off the stat sheet. Uh, Going 18 for 27 for 154 yards, one touchdown pass because one of those Domingo was actually ruled a rush, ruled a backwards pass. Um, But while they while they had that going on, I think the ground game really showed the potential it could have. And yes, it's not a conference game against Troy, but they showed that there's a lot of horses in that backfield. And you look at Zach Evans uh, and David and I were talking, David Johnson and I were talking about in the press box, like they they got some dogs, and you know he's kind of that (laughs) thing like that. Le- that guy who could be kind of the leader of the pack in the run game, and Quinchon Judkins, and, and in Kiffin's own words, that you know he ran absolutely angry, uh, just simply refused to go down. You were going to have to really buckle up your 10 straps and and uh, really knock him underneath the jaw if you really want to get him down. Um, so that was a lot of promise there. No one really broke out in the receiving game. Uh, the leading receiver, uh, I believe, it was Michael Trigg, who had four catches for, correct me if I'm wrong, 33 yards or something like that. Yeah. And you know, and one of those was probably the best throw that Dart made all game. It was kind of a uh, kind of an over the shoulder pass on the sideline. Um, but you didn't really see that guy. You only, I mean, Trey had four catches. That was the most of any uh, player on that team Saturday. Uh, I think defensively, though, you saw a lot of promise. Uh, they continued their quarter streak a 12 straight quarters not allowing a first half touchdown offensively, uh, dating back to last year. Even in that Sugar Bowl game, that one touchdown was a defensive touchdown. People tend to forget that, um, especially with what you saw the linebacker play with uh, Troy Brown and Kari Coleman. Kari, Brown, Kari Coleman, eight tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, first Rebel since 1999 to get uh, five tackles for loss in a single game. He got a three and out single handedly by himself. So There's a lot of promise there, but you know, like Kevin said, it, it, it was an opening game wasn't always pretty, but you can't go two and out without going one and zero, and that's exactly what they did Saturday.
1: Do you feel like some of the criticism with with Jackson Dart is is unwarranted because, you know, talking with some folks, we we were in Oxford earlier this week, and just talking to some folks, they, they tend to remind you, hey, Matt Corral, who turned into just a phenomenal quarterback, will go down as one of the greatest to ever don the Ole Miss uniform. He wasn't lights out in his first few starts, his first several starts. So it's almost like, depending on who you talk to, they remind you, hey, Matt Corral wasn't setting the woods on fire when he started. You have to give these kids time, whether it's Altmeyer, whether it's Dart at the quarterback position. So opening game, new offense, you've got all these transfers trying to gel. Do you feel like maybe some of the criticism for Dart is maybe unfounded, unwarranted?
3: You know, I think it's too early to, to figure that out right now. I think some of it is because obviously uh, you can't really go off of a four-quarter sample size and determine if this kid is going to be an All-American or if he's going to be, you know, a guy who flames out at the end of the year. But, you know, Kiffin warned us last year uh, early in the season when Matt Corral's you know, his Heisman hype, hype was kind of at a fever pitch the uh, first four games of the season. Kiffin warned us that, you know, we need to, uh, to cherish this while you have Matt Corral as your quarterback. And, you know, I think you're kind of seeing that play out uh, throughout the off season and what you saw uh, on Saturday. People tend to forget that, you know, I, I, you kind of touched on it. You know, this is Jackson Dart's second year playing college football. Yeah, yeah I know he's a West Coast kid. He's kind of has a little bit of that swagger that Corral had. Maybe not quite as fiery as a Corral was, but, you know, he has that, that same positive energy, you know, always kind of supporting his teammates on the sidelines fighting a fierce competition at quarterback position with uh, Luke Altmyer. So I think it kind of depends on which way you look at it because, you know, four quarters isn't going – four quarters against a non-conference opponent, a lot of new guys. I don't know if you could judge them that partially yet. Um, but, you know, no quarterback is perfect. And, you know, and there were some plays, especially that fourth-quarter interception, I'm sure he would absolutely love to have back. You know, Jory played a kind of played that cover three defense and really forced uh, darts most of his completion is to kind of be in front of the defense a little bit. And, that, and uh, some of the deep balls uh, weren't exactly there, as much it wasn't the short pass, passing game um, for darts. So I think it kind of depends on which way you look at it. I think it's, you know, too early to you know, say, oh, darts a bust because he's uh, 154 yards. No, I mean, season opening game, and, you know, there's a lot of things you can expect in a season opening game. Like, you know, you, you expect a lot of penalties, but fortunately Ole Miss wasn't, didn't have a lot of penalties. They only had three penalties for 16 yards. Uh, which is phenomenal for a season opening game. And, (laughs) you know, there there were a few injuries, but not, you know, as bad as, you know, they were kind of the cramps, something you expect. There were some kind of bumps and bruises here and there, but, you know, and that's why you saw some offensive line shuffling, but, you know. I think you'll get a better idea of it as you kind of go on now that you're kind of in this, what Kevin likes to call preseason period, if you will.
1: He's Jared Redding covering Ole Miss for 247 Sports, joining us on the KDMC Guest Line. You can find him on Twitter, Jared E. Redding. You kind of stole my thunder there talking about Coleman and his play defensively. I mean, five tackles for a loss. I mean, that, that's one thing that I think a lot of fans agreed on. They were impressed with this Coleman kid and feel like he's going to be just a, a major disruptor for this Ole Miss defense you know it seems like the rebels they're flying to the football it seemed like every time there was a Troy it seemed like there were three or four rebels just surrounding the ball carrier immediately and it seems like Ole Miss is swarming to the football a little more than they used to be and so when you couple that with their progress they made on the back end of last season what do you expect from this defense this year?
3: I mean, once again, it kind of goes back to, you know, a four-quarter sample size compared to – I'm not a mathematician, but you have 11 more games of guaranteed uh, football play to go off of. But like you said, you know, they flew to the football Saturday. And Kari Coleman, watching him play, he kind of reminds me of a, uh, of a couple of former Ole Miss players in the past who kind of have that fly to the football, be around the ball, uh, make things happen all over the field. Uh, kind of like if you remember Mike Hilton, Mm. Michael. And I know he played a different position, but he was kind of that Tasmanian devil um, around the ball. Denzel Kandici, uh back in the first couple of years of Hugh Freeze, kind of played that similar style of play. Um, and I think, you know, he, I mean, I think, you know, Kari Coleman, you know, is you know, extraordinarily talented. Or else they almost wouldn't have brought him here. And Chris Parks said it at the beginning of fall camp. These guys won't play if they won't play violent. And you saw that. A couple of big, all those plays on him, a big hit from Otis Reed. JJ uh, Piggies' sack where he sent the quarterback helmet all the way back to Troy, Alabama. Um, you know, and it's good to see them kind of play this kind of out. They only allowed 50 yards on the ground, which he felt like that was kind of Troy's game plan coming in, especially early was kind of try to establish a ground game. It didn't really they did it a little bit early on, but didn't get much after that. But you know, I think Troy. Brown said about afterwards, you know, that despite never some bright spots, but, you know, they kind of let their guard down in the second half, especially in the passing game. And saying four quarters, you can never uh, be satisfied. You got to take that and just move on to the next game, even though it's against an SCS opponent that you probably should be. Um, you know, if you play your game and do your job, and you got Georgia Tech, who's not going to be a pushover, uh, Tulsa's going to be tough, and then not to mention the SEC gauntlet, you yeah, have down the stretch. So, think was a reason to be optimistic about this Ole Miss defense.
1: I want to remind, uh, rewind a minute before I let you go and, and go back to Omaha. That was such a blast. We got to to hang out a little bit while we were there, and and, and got to spend some time with you. It was really good to see a, a lot of the media folks from Mississippi, and great to just fellowship with a lot of people there covering Ole Miss's magical run to the national championship. You've gotten to cover some pretty neat things in your career so far. So that's got to be the the best so far that that entire experience how would you frame that experience for you covering it being there with all the other me- media members from Mississippi the celebrations in the street I mean it was just an incredible two weeks there in Omaha how would you frame that experience
3: yeah I think it was uh and I think it kind of just kind of came full circle I, I guess for those who don't know me I kind of have a a bit of a background when it comes to Mississippi high school football It's kind of uh just kind of Got my name out there, slowly but surely, covering a couple of state championship uh, teams at Oxford. Uh, unfortunately, since they didn't win it, but I was there to kind of do that. Got to cover, you know, a couple of really good athletes come out of Oxford, but then kind of branched out to a whole Mississippi uh, scale later on. And then, of course, it kind of got back to local and then got back to and then got to uh, being a communications assistant with Ole Miss Athletics. And and then while I was there, it was um, when, you know, David Johnson the team at 24-7 took notice of me and, you know, thankfully uh, gave me a chance. But the, I feel like it came full circle when I say that because uh, my very first assignment, very first productive thing I did on job was they announced my hiring. I went immediately to Ole Miss Baseball's media op at Swayze Field. And that was the first – well, actually, that was the – I guess the first time kind of going to coaches and players as opposed to uh, Coach Bianco that happened a couple weeks earlier, but it kind of kicked off the season a little bit because the season opener was basically a uh, week after that. And very first question, very first person I talked to was Jacob Gonzalez. And I said, okay, well, what's the goal from year one to year two? He said, we're going to, you know, we're going to try to go to Omaha. We're going to make to Omaha, which you hear that all the time, you know, mm-hmm. from athletes. That's their goal. You you don't compete. That's not your goal. And on the surface, it like they could do it. Obviously, with all the firepower that they brought back, um, the bullpen that they had, uh, the starting pitching, had some guys of who were going to be those guys. It seemed like good hands, but it just seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong during that season. And I was there kind of kind of to catch the worst from, you know, obviously, uh, you know, fans who wanted to see change, people on the message board who wanted to uh, see change, or, you know, or question, you know, Bianco's viability, um, you know, after the season, you know, or, you know, what's going to happen with some of the players that you know, Bianco brought in. You know, they're going to transfer. They're going to leave. What's this program going to look like next year? Um And it seemed like that when they were 7-14. They almost got run rules in their home turf by so Southeast Missouri. I remember that game like it was yesterday. That's where I felt like Ole Miss kind of hit rock bottom um, in the season. And, you know, all throughout that whole process, players said, we're going to get it together. Trust us. We are going to get it together. I think Kevin Graham said that more than anybody. Um And – I I mean, of course, looking at the team, you're like, okay, you know they're going to do it, but is it going to be too late? Because I don't think many expected them to be that, um, in the big game, especially late, especially when they went one and done the SEC tournament. But as soon as they went to Omaha, they knocked off Southern Miss, knocked off all the teams in the Gate original, I knew for a fact that they were going to win a national championship because, you know, this this team has just been through so much together. These guys, Tim Elko, Kevin Graham, Justin Mitch, came back to win a national championship. It just kind of seemed like a team of destiny and it was an experience in Omaha that I'll never forget. I went last year as a fan to experience uh, what being Omaha was like my, my parents lived in Omaha for a period of time so I got to um, hear stories about their time there but to watch you know a team who I grew up watching to see a team uh, that was of uh, you know completely rock bottom as a program to see a coach who with their 22 years, may not even make it after the year to that, to finally see him win it all, see Ole Miss dogpile after so many so much heartbreak was something I think I'll never forget. And it was a story that's the greatest story I've ever covered so far.
1: Well, man, it was so good to bump into you there in Omaha, bumped into you at the Southern Miss Regional as well. Enjoy the game this weekend. I hope you'll jump back on with us again soon.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Jason.
1: He's Jared Redding. Follow him on Twitter, Jared E. Redding. He covers Ole Miss for 247 Sports. Joining us on the KDMC guest line, we take a break. Back with more here on Just sayin on the Spirit Media Network.
0: During times of uncertainty,
2: it's comforting to know we have a health care system in our community that's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, we are standing together, and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC, caring for our community like no one else
0: can.
1: Who man, what a great show. I mean, I, I know we had to come back and do a show. It's been a long time, but to come back with those guests, Really good show. Thanks to everybody who joined us uh, going through the guest list. Again, ESPN.com, senior writer and host, co-host of Marty and McGee. Ryan McGee joined us. Uh, Jared Redding of 247 Sports covering Ole Miss, talking about the Rebels. Andrew Abadie of Pine Belt Sports down in Hattiesburg, talking about Southern Miss going to number 15 Miami this weekend. And then the Director of Public Relations for the Mississippi Department, of transportation Jason Smith updating us on what to expect if you're traveling to Oxford for the game this weekend or if you're a Jackson State fan or supporter traveling to Memphis for the game this weekend so a lot of good information thanks to our guests who joined us on the KDMC guest line we're thankful for them and so before we get out of here like we do for every show the word of the day comes to you out of Philippians 419 my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in christ jesus what a great word philippians chapter 4 verse 19 our word of the day let's lean on that as we head into the weekend and going into next week uh thanks to our our guests our sponsors our advertisers thanks to you for listening we appreciate it i hope you guys have a safe weekend be careful enjoy your weekend and as always love each other let's spread love around like it's confetti Make everybody feel like a somebody today, okay? Let's do that today and for the next week and for the foreseeable future. Spread love around like it's competitive. You know I love to say that. So thanks for listening. We will be back next week with another show. And uh, hit subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Drop us uh, some feedback on the website there. And follow us on Twitter as well, Spirit Media MS on Twitter. Like our Facebook pages, Spirit Media Network as well as Audibles with JS, Audibles with Jason Scarborough on Facebook. You can check out our website for more information as well, spiritmedianet.com. And always feel free to drop me a line via email, Jason, at medianet.com Thanks for listening, folks. Have a safe and blessed weekend, and we'll see you next time here on Just Saying on the Spirit Media Network.